the, the exciting stuff and the cars and all that stuff, mm. but it doesn't make you happy. It keeps you happy for a little bit of time. There's no sustainability for your happiness there. So you want to get through that phase and get to a point of happiness yeah. and just go every day, I love where I am at, love my family, love the things I'm passionate about. How do you find the courage to try? Can you distill the clarity to start? What drives real commitment to keep going? Let's deconstruct complexity and make it simple. Let's learn how to take action and make progress. I'm Pete Seligman, and this is The Next Step. Really excited this morning to be here with Michael Lane from Success Resources. Really getting going today straight out of the blocks. And one of the things that I'm really excited to talk about is tomorrow, actually. So tell me about what's happening tomorrow and talk me through what it's going to look and feel like for you at this time tomorrow morning. Yeah, well, tomorrow morning, this time tomorrow morning is going to be a lot more stressful than where we are right now. (laughs) So tomorrow I've got Tony Robbins in town. We're doing an event called Unleash the Power Within. It's Tony's probably signature program. There'll be 8,000 people out in Homebush spending four days with him, working on themselves, working on their vision, their mission, and then coming out with a 90-day plan to put it into action. So... You know, fortunate to have a great partner with Tony Robbins. We've had him for over 20 years now. Yeah. And we're grateful that this is one of the regions he continues to come back to. Yeah. So we're excited. Tomorrow's yeah. a big day. Oh, fantastic. So one of the things that I like to do sometimes is take like a, a situation like that and an, frankly an emotion like that, right? Like so you're there in the moment completely pumped about starting that session. Yes. Now wind way back. Yes. Right? Like... When would have been a time when you never possibly would have imagined the experience that you're going to have tomorrow? Like, and talk us through, like, how do you start a process where that ends up with you being the guy that's bringing Tony Robbins to Australia? Where does that all start? Yeah, look, we're going back probably 17 years now. I first witnessed Tony in 2003. I went to my first event and categorically changed my life. Yeah. It changed the direction of my life. But I was... I was a passenger, I was not backstage, I was not selling tickets, putting the event on, I was I was a student. Mm. And for a 23 year old who gets around this kind of information, it can have a huge impact. Mm. If you're ready to sit there and be present and learn and take it in, yeah. right? So that started my personal development journey as an individual, but it also started my personal development journey as a, in a career. Yeah. So from that month, I decided that this was gonna be the business I wanted to be. Yeah. So. If you fast forward a little bit of time after that, putting on events for much smaller crowds than what we're going to see tomorrow, but the excitement, the energy, the the passion I had for putting on a 50-person room. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, yeah. so can you talk to me about one of those events? Like, what, yeah. what's one of those that you can remember? Oh, look, back, back in the day, we were, we were bringing out overseas superstars, mm. and we are doing some more high-end programs, so we... Yeah. You know, I used to always bring out Brian Tracy, yeah. one of the forefathers of, of sales and, and personal development. And we used to run a program called um, the Advanced Coaching and Mentoring Program. It used to come four times a year for only about 50 to 75 people. Mm. But I loved the excitement. I loved the thrill of actually going, wow, there's Brian. I'm going to go meet him. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll be backstage and then we'll go out there. And look, it didn't matter to me if it was 50 or 50,000. Yeah. I just loved it. Yeah. I loved the energy of it. I loved the excitement. And I, I was grateful that people were spending time and money to come along and, and grow mm. themselves and wanting to invest in something like mm. that. So that's where the real buzz started. 
Yeah. And, you know, fortunate that, you know, over a few more years, the room started to get a little bit bigger. Yeah. And, and you can started. see the impact you were having though, I guess. And that's why the 50 yeah. or 50,000 kind of doesn't matter because like one or two of those Absolutely. people walk out and change what they do. Yeah. And makes a massive I difference. still have friends today who were in some of those first programs and to see where their businesses are now, to yeah. see where they are now in their life. And not just from a business point of view, maybe from a personal point of view, mm. you know, married, happy, fulfilled, mm. you know, and that's exciting because... In this industry, sometimes you don't get an ROI mm. for a number of years. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's not a, a commodity that you get a return on straight yeah. away. It's kind of like, I need to go learn, implement my life in my business, yeah. and hopefully it'll have a payoff. Yeah. So yeah. to see the impact that those events were having just continued to burn the fire for me. Yeah. It's funny. Like, quite often one thing that I talk about is the fact that usually kind of the effort you contribute and the money you invest and the time you invest is pretty linear. Whereas the output is, or the outcomes yes. are quite exponential. So they'll sit like down yes. for quite a while and then eventually they'll start to pay off and that's where it really kicks exactly. up. And that gap in the middle can be really hard to manage mm. because that's where a lot of people give up. You know, they've been going for however many years, yep. they've been investing at a consistent rate and they've been putting in the time and energy, but they still haven't yet seen the kick. Yep. And unfortunately, they just give up digging just before they've hit the it. water table, right? So one of the things you just said earlier that was really interesting was you said that you were in a place where you're ready to hear yeah. what you're being told. I think that's a real... I'm seeing that quite a lot at the moment where people feel like they want to sort of take action, but even though they might not notice it, they're not actually ready to hear it. Yes. Can you tell me a bit about like that kind of dynamic and how you think either from your own experience or the people that you've learned from they break through that. How do you make yourself in a position where you're ready to hear? Yeah, look, I think you need to first and foremost put your attention on, am I ready to grow and learn and develop myself? Mm. I don't think you can go out there and, you know, start to develop a business, start to develop a strategy or a wealth creation strategy until you've really understood who you are and what's driving you. Mm. So it's not just about taking action. Yeah, It's about truly understanding what drives you, what's your personality type, what are the things that get you up in the morning and what are the things that definitely don't, mm. you know, so it's identifying those core beliefs or values you have. And you know, I'm really big on understanding what drives humans and what drives a particular person. So even on the weekend, my wife and I went away and we're working on our mission and vision and purpose. And your hierarchy of the things that are most important to you continue to change mm. and they continue to evolve. So if you're a 23-year-old, family and certain things may not be as high a priority. But what is? What are the things that are going to get you out of bed? What are the things that are going to drive you? Only after you figure that out can you find a strategy or a process. Then once you've got a strategy and process, you need to get it down and chunk it out to what have I got to do today to start with? Not what my, you know, I'm always concerned when people are looking at a business plan that's three to five years away. Mm. It's all good to have a vision and mission to, that's going to pull you forward. What's the next 90 days look like? Yeah. yeah, for me, I'm looking at, these are my key three things. 90 days, 180 days, and 10 years. Yeah. That's kind of the things I work on. Yeah. What's important in the next 90 days, 180 days, and then 10 years. So, yeah, understand what's driving you. Understand what feels right. Find a strategy that's going to be able to allow you to attach that passion mm. and go out there and take the steps. Yeah, I like the comment about how things change 
Yeah. You know, because you're up. Like when you're in your mid twenties and you've got no kids and kind of the world's your oyster. Yes. You've got very, very different drivers to Absolutely. when you're in your forties and then you're thinking you've got kids and all this kind of stuff is going on. It's it's different, right? It is. And so that constant reassessment, you can't just sit in there assuming that what you thought was the driver five years ago is going to be the driver today. So yeah, that reflection is really important, right? Yeah, it's a constant thing. Do you mean every time I take the international flight right now, mm. I actually spend that time, maybe not the whole time, but a, a good two or three hours just working on me and my vision and mission. Yeah. Do you mean there's, there's no distractions? Mm. My personality type is if someone's talking about the footy in the corner, mm. I want to have my two cents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I'm gotcha. that type of personality. So I want a plane where the lights are off and it's me and it's my workbook and my, and my journal. That's where I'm con- continuously trying to build me. Mm. And it's a, it, it'll never stop. Yeah. Do you mean that I, I took time away from working on me and my, my business was a reflection of that? Yeah, right. Yeah, so I know that the more I work on me, the more I continue to sharpen the saw, yeah. the more sales come in. Yeah. The more revenue keeps coming in. Yeah. So I understand the business is a reflection of me. Mm. I need to keep working on me. Yeah. And then I find that things... Go better. Uncle G be proud. I remember because I went to the um I went to National Achievers yes. um, in Sydney, whenever that was a month or so August, ago. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd actually seen Grant live. Yes. And he was a force to be reckoned with. He that's is for sure. Definitely <laughs> a force. And there was clearly a few people in the audience that had seen him before and, and knew his stuff because when he was kind of engaging, like they knew exactly what he was there for. But clearly there were a few newbies there as well. But yeah. I, I imagine now have been really changed their view and their mindset and the questions they're going to ask themselves about what they're going to do next. So I, I think he had a he had a really he had a really interesting approach and, and I, yeah, I found it really resonated with me. Yeah, look, and for other people in the room, it won't resonate. Mm, exactly. And, and that's why we continue to find people who are personalities in this industry, mm. who are experts, who have, who have done the work as well, mm. and they've, they've got proven track record. But you're not going to gel with everyone. Mm. I know, a, I know a, a good number or a good percentage of that room will resonate more with Gary yeah, exactly. than Grant. Yeah. And that's cool. And My, is that how you curate? Like, is, yeah. that, do you, is that part of the thought process Absolutely. when you're putting this together? How do I actually get kind of an entree main and dessert that's going to kind of yes. have a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah I, I need to keep understanding who my client is mm. and I can't just find one solution for that. Mm. I need to put multiple people with multiple personalities doing things a little bit different so that people who come in there don't just go, well, I know he's not going to, he or she's not going to be for me, I won't go. Yes. I need to continue to find values and personalities and align them to my clients. Because later this year you've got Richard Branson we do. as well, which mm. is amazing. And so, what in your experience, how would you kind of position him on that spectrum per se? Like, what's his kind of style when he actually gets in the room? I've never seen him live. Yep. What kind of stands out in terms of his approach when he sits in a room like that? I've been fortunate to work with, with Sir Richard for about 10 years now. So, I've, we've done a number of things in a number of regions. His personality style is different to what you might think. Mm. It's a funny story. Back the very first time we ever put him on stage, about 2009, and he was extremely nervous backstage, extremely nervous, yeah, to the right. point where he said, I need some alcohol, I need a shot. <laughs> so we literally went and found a bottle of vodka somewhere, he had two shots, and then he started to loosen up. Yeah. So, you know, that makes you think, this guy's a, a you know, a decade after decade billionaire. Yeah. Probably done so many different interviews, yeah. done so many different things, so many stunts, mm. and all those things, mm. yet 
going out there and being interviewed by somebody that was his nerves and that. So for me, that gave me a real understanding to go, hold on, he's just not bulletproof. Mm. You know, well, sometimes we idolise and put these guys on pedestals mm. where we think, well, I could never be like that. Mm. So I got, a, I got a snapshot of Sir Richard that I don't think many would see. Yeah. And it, and it was actually really valuable, right? It was like, valuable, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it wasn't about the alcohol. It wasn't yeah. about that. It was about the fact that, you know what, it's okay to have nerves. It's yeah. okay to have, you know, doubt sometimes. Yeah. Find a way, preferably not always alcohol, <laughs> to, to harness that and move forward. But this is a guy who's created hundreds and hundreds of businesses. Mm. He's also failed at hundreds and hundreds of yeah. businesses, yeah. but continues to move forward. You know, I, what I love about Sir Richard is, this is a guy who sees an opportunity. The first thing he does is, who's going to run this company? Mm. I mean, Richard's not running any businesses. Yeah, you know, right. he's, he's on the board. Yeah. He's putting his brand to it. And, in, and from a strategy point of view, he's getting involved. Yeah. So that taught me a lot of values as a younger entrepreneur. Mm. Going, hold up, I'm trying to do it all myself here. Mm. I've got to find experts to do it. Mm. And a number of the deals that I, I'm in right now, I have the minority shareholding because mm. I'm looking for other people to go execute yeah, exactly. that. So... I've learned a lot from Sir Richard over the years and, you know, people are going to come to that and go, wow, there's just an honest, genuine, humble yeah. billionaire. And sometimes those people, you know, they judge people differently when they're at that status. So I'm excited right. for the, the audience to be able to come along and see Sir Richard, you know, an iconic billionaire. Yeah. So you can be nervous and successful Absolutely. at the same time. Yes. So one of the things I only just in the last kind of six months came across Brene Brown and her book, Daring Greatly, and all that kind of... She spent a lot of time talking about vulnerability and courage and shame and these kinds of concepts following her TEDx talk, or TED talk, sorry, a year or two ago. And it really stood out to me, this difference between a level of confidence and a level of courage. Yes. And that concept that, even if you use that Richard story then, a situation where even regardless of how far you get down your path, you still need to put yourself in situations where you're not actually sure what the outcome might be. Mm. So standing before there, when he was standing backstage and he had to go on, he wasn't confident, but he had to be courageous, right? Because yes, like, he had to face a fear yeah. that he didn't know what the outcome might be. Would the audience like him? Would he not? Would he respond well? Yeah. Whatever. What have you learned about courage and trying things, not necessarily knowing what the outcome might be? Well, look, even situations like this, right, this is still massively out of my comfort zone. For me... You look pretty comfortable. Uh, I appreciate it. It's a comfortable <laughs> setting. So, yeah. look, I've, I've been in the trenches running a business. Yeah. And when the likes of Gary Vee says, dude, what's going on? There's no social presence here. No one yeah. knows of you guys. If you really want to go for another 25 years, you need to do something different. Yeah. So I looked around my senior executives and our directors and board members, and without being disrespectful, I'm 20 years younger than mm -hmm. most of them. Yeah. And none of them were going to pick up Snapchat and Instagram mm. and start doing selfies. So I reluctantly took it on board and I was very fearful because mm. I just have no interest in being in front of camera. Mm. I have no interest in being on stage. Uh, I love being backstage. Yeah. I love being the one who sort of puts this thing together yeah. and everyone else can have the credibility. Yeah. I just want to move on to the next deal. Yeah, right. So the whole podcast, the whole putting ourselves out there, we're only a year into this. Yeah. And while I... There are nerves and there's different things. I just connect to my passion and what I want to do. And I know that this message will hopefully resonate mm. with somebody and they might go, wow, if that's what Michael's like, maybe the business is a reflection of that. Mm. And yeah. maybe the values are aligned. So for me, while there's still nerves and there's still vulnerability, mm. I just keep moving forward one step at a time courageously 
keep putting myself in positions where I've got to be a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. So even doing stuff like this, I love not knowing what the questions are. Yeah. Yeah. I love knowing yeah. what's going to come through. <laughs> yeah. Right. I find it more. I find it scarier when someone sends the questions like, "I've got to find the best prepare. answer yeah. ever yeah. for this one." Right. Yeah. So I'm just moving forward. I'm connecting to my ten year vision. Yeah. I bring it back to a ninety day forecast, a ninety day plan, and for me, I'm doing so many things that are putting me in a position to continue to grow the brand, yeah. that's what I focus on. Yeah, right. So the 90 day plans come up a few times and I noticed that when you were talking about Tony Robbins, that's one of the outcomes. I've never been to a Tony Robbins session before. Yes. But one of the outcomes of that is actually walk away with a real plan, yeah. right? Yeah. How does either in your experience or particularly thinking about the next couple of days from his approach, how does he help people distill that into something that's actually actionable because something I find quite often is that people know kind of where they want to head and where they think they want to get but there's just so much noise yeah that they can't work out what to do next or yeah. if I'm only going to focus on three things in the next three months I've got 50 I think I'm like how do I work out like how yeah. does he look when you spend four days working on yourself and I'm talking long days I'm talking 15 hour days mm. you're going to figure some stuff out mm. right so from there, you're going to identify what are those core values that are most important to you today. And we're not telling you to come up with 50 different things. We're yeah. asking you to come up with three to four. Mm. Once you understand the three to four that are guiding you, you've got to start to put an action plan around that. Most people do the work, but they don't take the next step. Yeah. They don't put a plan in place. Yeah. They start to educate themselves. They've got a plan for going to a seminar, yeah. but they passively sit there yeah. and just assume that the knowledge is going to go within them and then they'll be successful in 90 days. You need a really strong action plan, which is a 90-day plan. But we know that after 21 days of you consistently doing the same thing, a habit starts to form. Yeah. So for me, again, with my personality style, I need to harness and sort of put strategies and processes in place because I could waffle, I could go off on tangents and those things. So I have a very structured day that aligns to my 90-day plan. Yeah. So people are going to come out of that event with a 90-day plan. But well, what's going to happen at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning? Yeah, like actually they're going to start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't get home and go, oh, what a great event. Things are great. And next week Back I'll start work. doing that. <laughs> and then the distractions of life, yeah. right? So, no, we know that the next day at 7 a.m. you need to start this plan. Mm. And that's the difference with most people. They aren't doing they, – they have an ideal – but they don't have a plan tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mm. and they don't have something at 8 o'clock in the morning, mm. then 11 a.m. Mm. Start to plan and practice what it is you want to do and put into a process every single day and stick to it. I'm telling you now, after 21 days, a, pros, a, a, a habit will form mm. and you'll be further and further on track and the results will start to come. Has his approach changed much today to when you first experienced him all those years ago? The structure has a yeah. So the, the so the formula is is well proven then. Absolutely, <laughs> we're talking four decades now. Yeah. The philosophies and some of the things definitely evolve. Yeah. You know what what he was teaching forty years ago in certain areas, as opposed to two thousand nineteen. You know, there's there's come a long way in some of the the technologies on how you you know identify the things that are the most important to you and those kind of things. But the system and the process every single day is exactly the same, mm. and that's what I love is that. That hasn't evolved. It has, there's no shortcuts on that. Mm. You've got to still do the work every single day. Yeah. So how do you how do you keep going? So, for example, whether it's with your business or when you're trying to put together the next round of programs for the next year yeah. or whether it's with your approach to 
trying to ramp up the social media presence and that yeah. kind of thing, it can be, you know, so you've kind of found the courage that you're actually going to say, you know what, I'll put myself out there and have a crack at this. I've worked out what are the things I'm going to focus on and how I'm actually going to put that into action. That can then inspire a certain amount of momentum. Yes. How do you maintain that? Like, how do you get to day 65 yeah. and you're still going? Yeah. Like, you got to read, you you read your vision and mission every single day. Yeah. You need to tap into it every single morning. I have a process that as soon as I open my eyes, I don't reach for the phone, I tap into those four key areas that are most important to me, which is health, family, business, and charity. Mm. Those are the four things that are most important to me. And I work on what, in, and, I, and I visualize and go through a process of what's the next 90 days look like. Yeah. What's that goal? All of them have a goal. Yeah. All of them have a plan. All of them have something that I've got to do every single day to get there. But I also have that 10-year plan. Yeah. And that's the big ultimate vision and mission that I'm, that I'm connecting to. So I'm 17 years into practicing this and it mm. becomes easy, becomes the norm. But for people starting, you've got to continue to read your goals every single day, the mm. things that are most important to you, because it's going to be tough. There are going to be times where you're like, shit, I don't even know if this is working. Yes. I mean, I, I spent years at that point yeah. going, I don't know if this is going to help at all. Yeah. I'm reading my goals, I'm showing up every day yeah. and I'm not seeing instant gratification. Yeah. And, and this is the thing that, is annoying me at the moment about the entrepreneur out there who wants instant gratification. Yeah. And I'm slower than most, and it took 15 years on the journey for mm. me to start to get some good traction. It doesn't mean you don't have little wins along the way, but if it truly is your passion, it won't matter if it's five years, 15 years, or 35 years. Mm. If you get up every day and you love what you do, mm. you'll do it, you'll continue to do it because you you love the feeling you get from doing that. So for me, it's just, continuing to put my goals at the forefront and your goals will evolve. You know, your goals when you're younger is how much money can I make? Mm. What are the cool things I want, right? Then for me, you get to a point where the money isn't the, the driver. Mm. You, it's more I, just the fuel. It's, but, it's yeah. the fuel. Yeah. And, and most of you guys will mm. understand that is the, the stuff is good, the, the exciting stuff and the cars and all that stuff, mm. but it doesn't make you happy. It keeps you happy for a little bit of time. There's no sustainability for your happiness there. So you want to get through that phase and get to a point of happiness yeah. and just go every day, I love where I am at, love my family, love the things I'm passionate about. But then the third step is how can I create a legacy? How can I help other people get to that point? Mm. That's kind of my fuel. Yeah. So 20 years into business now, the thing I'm really excited at the moment is that fourth pillar for me is charity at the moment. Yeah, okay. I have a real passion to give back. So I was going to say, what's next? Like, what does that, I mean, without giving away more than you want, like... <laughs> What does that 10 years look like? like yeah. how, how, did, how do you and your business evolve over that time with all the things that are changing in the world? Yeah, so again, I'm putting my attention and focus on what can I do from a humanity point of view? Mm -hmm. You know, I love that Tony Robbins talks about it. First, you want to try and master your own domain. Mm -hmm. Then you want to, you know, try and get your staff and your community involved. But what can you do to really make a difference at a humanity level? So I've been really thinking about that of late. And go, legacy doesn't have to be this thing that you push out to after 60 when... Things mm. are done and things are great. It's like, what can I do to tap into that now? Mm. So I've got huge plans from a charity point of view. We want to have 100 charities around the world that we support. And these are 100 charities that truly every single dollar goes to actually helping. Wow. You know, we're funding it all ourselves. But every dollar raised, not the proceeds, every dollar will go to some amazing causes. So next year is the start of a, a dollar from every ticket. So we do 400,000 tickets around the world a yeah. year a dollar will go to that. Yeah. And then at every single event, we'll ask for clients 
to give $10 to some amazing causes. Yeah. So if they've got the ability to give us $10, we're super grateful for that. We're looking for causes where $10 actually makes a difference. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of causes out there, which we won't mention any names, but a very large percentage goes to overhead, admin, yeah. admin these kind of things. And I just can't do that. Mm. I just can't support that. So for me, I'm looking for grassroots charities globally that we can support. And I'm looking for 100 of them. Yeah, wow. And 2020 on January 1st is the first of that global or the scaling of that idea. Yeah, and what a fantastic platform on which to do that with all of the personalities that you've got in your yes. network that can really generate some momentum around Absolutely. that. Because obviously they must have their own kind of ideas on the charities that they're supporting themselves and that can kind of feed in and then there must be well, you'll a be huge surprised. opportunity, right? You'll be surprised, not as many as you think have charities. Oh, right. And this is something I'm starting to have a go at them So about. you can actually start to get yeah. them to change. So for me, if you don't have charity a part of your model, that's a bit of a concern for me. Yeah. But, and it doesn't have to be charity, but how are you giving back? Yeah. What's the component where you can sit there and go, we're, we're taking all this stuff ourselves, but there needs to be a, a two-way street. You need to give back. So a lot of the deals I'm doing, a lot of the business I'm creating, I'll literally sit down and go, great, so where's the charity aspect here? Mm. Oh, we haven't got that far yet. Mm. Cool. Let's, before we go further, yeah. let's figure out how we make that work because I need to be a part of something that's going to be sustainable. And for me, sustainable is giving back. Mm. So it's just starting to become a really important part of the process for me. And I'm excited because it's a new, exciting venture. Mm. I mean, I've been doing businesses for a long time, um, thousands of events. In this year, we'll do 520 events yeah, wow. in, in 30 countries. Yeah. And, and just to give you some context to that, 50 of them every year are the same. Yeah. 450 plus yeah. we're going to create. Yeah. Because I can't do the same event twice. And, and how do you go, how does that process work? Like, how does your, how's your team structured to kind of start to build and curate that much yeah. so in terms of events? We, we need to look at what where the market's at, what's exciting to the market right now, because what happened in 2017 is not going to be exciting anymore. Mm. The content's evolving. The, the, you know, some of the, the, the talent's the same, but there's new talent coming in. Mm. Right? Mm. Grant Cardone's the first time we've had Grant on our yeah. stage was this year. Yeah. So I'm constantly looking for who's got the next best thing, the next message, the next thing that's going to help our clients grow. From there, we're going to sit back and go, how do we scale that message? I mean, we're in the middle, or really at the beginning, of a global tour now with Grant Cardone and Gary mm-hmm. V. But that's what I'll do. I'll go around, I'll look for pairings that we can go together, mm-hmm. and then I'll go, right, how can I find 150,000 people who can connect to that message? Mm-hmm. Then we'll reverse engineer back and go, well, there's about 24 cities we can go to and markets that are ready for that kind of message. Yeah. But that's only 24 events out of 500. Out of them, yeah. So that, that'll give you an idea, but... I'm constantly looking for the next talent and I want to scale their message. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing for me as an entrepreneur. I get to flex the entrepreneurial muscle every single day going, huh, I've just had an idea. I think that guy and that girl could go together yeah. and we push that through 20 countries. Yeah. So I wish I had a business where the business model was the same day in, day out yeah. and the revenue models were all the same. Yeah. I just don't have that. Yeah. So I've had to get super creative. Yeah. I've had to put deals together. You know. Every single event we do, there's probably seven joint ventures part of that. Yeah. And it's got to work for everyone. So I'm very partner focused. I'm very value driven focused. I want to do partnerships with people who have the right message, have a charitable angle, Mm. are here for the right reasons. You know, a lot of the stuff I did in the beginning was, shit, how much money can we make this week? Because I need to do payroll this week. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to be in a position now where the cash flow is not as important. Yeah. As the message. Yeah. And one of the things that I spoke of earlier this week in some content was 
impact over income. You know, impact is really important right now. And I know the income will come, mm. you know, and not all businesses are at that level right now, and I appreciate that. Mm. But the earlier or the, as quick as you can get to where impact is senior to income, it'll create longevity in the business. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the, I mean, a lot of the people in my network are involved in kind of delivering projects or getting involved in producing product for customers and like there's a lot of kind of engineering and manufacturing and those kind of businesses out there. One of the correlations between your business and those businesses is these projects. I mean, effectively every one of these events is a project, right? It is. With a whole bunch of stakeholders, yep. a whole bunch of contractors, a whole bunch of people that need to coordinate into mm-hmm. that. How do you approach that inside your business? How do you get the cadence and the, and the momentum right to actually deliver on the day mm-hmm. uh, with all the build-up that comes before that? Yeah, look, it, it can start two years before you actually have an event, mm-hmm. right, with an idea and a concept. And again, most of the stuff, not much, a lot of the stuff is starting with me and my whiteboard, to be really honest with you. Mm-hmm. It'll be an idea or a concept, and then I'll get the team involved, go, I think we've got some an idea here. Let's see what it will take from a sales market, sales and marketing point of view, a production point of view, an event management point of view. Because some of the things that I come up with don't work. Mm. And, and I've got a team around me who have been doing this for a long time. I mean, my senior or core executive team, uh, I think average team is about 15 years. Mm. So they can pull me up on my hairbrain ideas every yeah. now and then. But to be honest, that's what driving the business is some of those hairbrain ideas yeah. to go, I think this is so different, but it could work. Yeah. I mean, we were very early on hologram. Yeah, right. Five years ago, we were running programs with Hologram and having, you know, celebrities be in LA and we'd beam that around the world. Yeah. People thought we were crazy, but yeah. from a scale point of view, from a cost point of view, it was an amazing advancement. That technology now has kind of died off a bit, mm. but we're constantly looking for what are the things we need to do to raise the bar. Mm. I mean, the learning experience, you know, it starts back in school. It's a very boring and passive experience. And is that a great environment to learn and truly grow? Possibly not. You know, I think at the event this weekend with Tony Robbins, we'll have $1.3 million worth of audio visual. Now, we don't need to do that. (laughs) But when you're there for for four days learning, the environment's gotta be fun. The experience has gotta be fun. It's gotta be memorable. So we're looking for ways to continue to make the, the journey fun for our clients and you know, that starts right at the top with an idea, pushing through a whole heap of teams mm. to say, you know, is this valid? Can we actually do this? Can we pull this off? And for us, sometimes it's a no, but it's the thing that continues to drive us as a business mm. to look at how we raise that bar. So one more question before we then wrap up a bit. You just talked then about your team and the ideas that you come up with and then kind of bouncing that around your team. I was speaking to someone last week about psychological safety in the workplace and fear of speaking up and yeah. like making sure that everyone gets heard. Yeah. What's the approach that you take to make sure that when you're whiteboarding your hairbrained idea you and you invite everyone in to have a look, they don't just go, yeah, sure, that looks great, and actually they think it's crap. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make sure that they tell you it's crap if they think it's crap? How, yeah. How do you get an environment that actually kind of has proper, real constructive debate? Yeah, look, I think that comes down to my leadership style. I'm very much a collaborative leader. I'm not looking to make the only decision. I don't need credibility Mm. for the outcome. Mm. I'm constantly putting my team in proximity for them to be able to get the satisfaction and the the recognition for it. So I'd love nothing more than my team to come to me and go, hey, we need to probably reel this in a bit. We need to figure this out. 
that also gives me a reflection of where my leadership is at. Yeah. Do you mean I'd be worried if my team were just going, yeah, we'll just do that, everything's great. Yeah. That's a concern for me. I yeah. want pushback. Because yeah. I also want them to raise their standards mm-hmm. and I want them to be able to come to the party with ideas and strategies. Mm-hmm. So look, my leadership environment is very open. Do you mean, to give you an idea, after the third month of being in the business, I sit down with all the employees and go, help me understand what's truly driving you, mm-hmm. what's most important to you. Because when we're in the success game, there's a good chance that most of the people want to go achieve other things. Yeah. And they don't want to necessarily work for me forever. Yeah. So to do that, I've got to understand what's most important to them, get them to understand this is an environment where they can learn. I mean, I've, I've been using the phrase a lot at the moment, the entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Mm. Yeah, I saw that the other day. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I want yeah. people to come in and really go, great. I'll spend five years with you. Yeah. But can you help me with my idea as yep. well? I love that. Yep. Right? So for me, I've just created an environment that everyone hopes to win. Mm. And there's no bad ideas. We table the ideas. We, we kick it around. And if I didn't have that openness and the willingness that I know people will leave and go do what they're passionate about, mm. my leadership style is open that up. Mm. Thrive. Let's all do it together. And if you go to change the world, yeah, and I had a small part of that, I'm super open to that. So... Yeah, it doesn't mean that sometimes I don't always go, guys, we're moving forward. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's something that I will, if I'm passionate and I'll sleep on it yeah. and go, you know what? I still think this Yeah, is I fun. heard you, but we're still going. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, I'm okay if I'm proven wrong after yeah. this. I'll put my hand up. Yeah. Um, but if it's if it's coming through strong enough, I follow that. Yeah, great. Okay, so to finish up, two questions. Yeah. First one is, what's one great piece of advice you've received that you can remember. Oh my gosh, there's so much. I know, that's why. Just whatever first comes to your mind. uh, For me, it's probably identifying as early as you can what you're passionate about. Okay. Now that seems really easy and vague, but there's so many people I come across every day who go, Michael, I've just spent 20 years in a career and I hated it. Yeah, they weren't honest enough with themselves about what they really like. Now I'm grateful they came to an event and said, you know, I'm in my 50s and I now know that. Yeah. But identify as early as you can the things that are really driving you. Mm. And then the money will come. Mm. You'll figure out how to monetize that. Mm. And that was probably the best piece of advice I've been given Mm. that's had the longest, most profound impact on me. And I know that it's an important piece of the puzzle that 90% of the population don't have yet. And then the next question is advice from you for the people that have an idea or the start of an idea of what they actually really want to do. How do they get started? Like, what okay. should they think about to just take that first step? The first thing is don't leave your job and just go quit and start doing that. <laughs> I, I, I really get a lot of discomfort when I hear people just go, I've got an idea, I'm going to go full ball into yeah, it. Yeah. And, and, and they're gone, right? Mm-hmm. Go away, find who's the expert in your field that you want to want to do that. Whatever that industry is, who's the best guy in Sydney, Brisbane, mm-hmm. Melbourne, who does that? Yeah. Turn up on a Saturday morning and work for them for free. Yeah. Go figure it out for six months. Do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Do your core job, put money away, start building your plan, get an MVP, all those kind of things, but go work with somebody for even longer than six months, 12 months, right? Until you're ready to see the ins and outs of that. Mm. I don't think enough people are doing that. Mm. We're living in a society right now where it's like, how do you take massive action? Mm. Sometimes you don't have to take massive action. Yeah. You sit down and the massive action is, well, I'm going to go over here and learn from this right. guy or girl and go figure that out. It's a long journey. I love Gary Vee talks about what quarter of the game are you in? Mm. You know, if you're in your 20s, you're in the first five minutes of this game. Mm. You don't need to be in the last quarter just yet, right? So have patience. Understand a long-term strategic view of this and be smart about it. Yeah. That's 
that's probably the most important advice I could give right now. Perfect. Excellent. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was an awesome conversation. It could have gone for hours. <laughs> Best of luck over the next couple thank of days. You. You'll have a great time. Really looking forward to hearing how it goes. Yeah, it's and awesome. thanks for listening, everyone, on the Next Step Podcast. My name is Pete Seligman. It's Michael Lane. Thank you.